Audio Wrangling is a sister site to Audio Angling, which allows people with angling and related topics to express them freely, as an insight into what some of the issues were in the early part of the 21st century. My name's Phil Williams, and this is a 2014 recording offering my take on unnecessary small boat launching restrictions. The British coast has literally thousands of concrete slipways and natural access points for small boats, the bulk of which dates so far back as to represent no sort of financial burden whatsoever to modern-day local authorities. In effect, they cost ratepayers nothing, because they inherited them. To illustrate some of the points I want to make here, I'm going to use examples from my own regular small boat fishing patch, which is Lancashire and Merseyside. But these could just as easily translate to anywhere else in the country, as local authorities nationwide either look to cash in on a resource that's been gifted to them, or repeatedly put obstacles in the way, simply because they don't want anglers under any circumstances. Going off the main theme slightly for a moment, one of the best examples of a local authority doing everything within its power to stop fishing is Morecambe in Lancashire. Supposedly, as an anti-flooding measure to dissipate wave action for storm defence, they lined the entire length of the town's high water line with rock armour. Huge boulders stretching maybe 20 yards seaward, over which it's impossible to fish, thereby clearing the promenade of unsightly shore anglers, who they didn't want mixing with the more highly regarded holidaymakers anyway. But in furnace to the council, a brand new small boat slip was also built, though well out of the way at the southern end of the town. On the downside, sediment transport caused by the new coastal defences and fishtail groins has seen the beach in front of a slip completely stripped of its sand. Now it's barely a crossable boulder field. What's more, the slip can only be used by Morecambe Dinghy Angling Club, who, like many other small boat angling clubs, are deemed to have all the necessary safety precautions in place such as training, insurance and risk assessments as part of the membership requirement, which is the first point I'd like to pick up on here. Recognising that they can't completely get rid of small boat anglers, some local authorities do their utmost to see them all rounded up at one central designated spot, and forced to operate as part of an authorised collective. I personally have no axe to grind whatsoever with angling clubs. In fact, I was instrumental in setting up the Wireboat Angling Club at Cleveland's back in the 1980s, when new sea defences there looked likely to block off our previous access points. I've also been a member of the two other local clubs, the Fileboat Angling Club and Blackpool Boat Anglers. The difference is that with boats and engines getting ever heavier, making handballing down to the water's edge even harder, I chose to join these clubs. Back then, it was still possible to go onto the beach with a Land Rover, but it was always hard work on the shingle, which tractors could handle with comparative ease. Using the Land Rover now, though theoretically still an option, in reality has been nipped in the bud by the various local authorities, who yet again will do all within their powers to make life for anglers as difficult as possible. Lancashire's file course is politically split into three council areas, each having a portion of the course with historical slipways, the bulk of which are ruled out of bounds to small boat users. To the south we have Blackpool Borough Council and Blackpool Boat Angling Club. In the middle, it's Fileborough Council and the Fileboat Angling Club, and to the north, we have Wireborough Council and the Wireboat Angling Club. All three clubs have council-rented facilities and designated slipways, with most, if not all, of the other access points in the immediate vicinity ruled out of bounds. 
As I've said, with boats and outboards getting progressively heavier and more difficult to handle since my early days of handballing open boats down the beach, rugged off-road vehicles are now a must, and for locals, club membership, it has to be said, makes good sense. But not everybody either has a large, heavy, potentially unmanageable boat or lives locally, and would therefore enjoy the benefits of paying to be in a club. In addition, plenty of small boaters have four-wheel drive vehicles and enjoy trailerways, some of which are still possible, at a price, which is another point I'd like to pick up on in due course. But if it's a file course launcher after, though technically still possible for non-club members, then you can pretty much forget it here, and at a good many other locations around the British coast. Out of curiosity, within a few days of each other to offer a true light-for-light comparison, I contacted the three file course councils, posing as a visiting non-angler wanting to put my boat in as a one-off to fish. At the time of inquiring, vehicle beach permits were being issued free of charge, and providing you did your homework well in advance were reasonably straightforward to obtain. In theory, at least. Problem number one for small boating, as we all know only too well, is its unpredictability. On many occasions you quite literally don't know whether a trip is going to be on until the weather forecast comes in the evening before, and rarely more than a day or so in advance, even during a spell of settled weather. Problem number two is finding out what's needed to get a beach launch permit, so you can be sure you comply with the requirements before you set off, and are not going to be turned away on the day on a technicality. The thing is, that while there is a reasonably well adopted list of potential requirements, few if any local authorities request all of them, and rarely are two neighbouring authorities looking for the same combination. To get the information I required from the three councils took me a good couple of weeks. Then I discovered, though I probably should have realised beforehand, that you can't get these permits at short notice, and really if ever on the actual day, particularly if that's a Saturday or a Sunday morning, which is when most people want to and are able to fish. Of the three, Fileborough Council were the most prescriptive. In addition to making a formal application, providing evidence of both car and boat insurance, then presenting them with your RYA Powerboat Level 2 Handling Certificate, they also required that you write a risk assessment. Now as part of my work for the Environment Agency, I used to write risk assessments, but even I would have been struggling with this one. At the EA, we used generic templates, adding in specifics for the site in question. But when I asked Falborough Council to provide me with some sort of a working template, they point-blank refused. I was told I had to write the thing completely for myself, though seemingly they don't actually approve them, as this would imply some level of responsibility on their part if an incident subsequently occurred. Risk assessments, I was told, are the sole responsibility of the applicant to make them think through the risk potential they pose and offer solutions to any problems identified. In the main, this would be to other beach users, especially kids who are drawn to trail-moving boats like a magnet, plus, in theory at least, the risk of a weighty outfit escaping from its trailer and going up a steep concrete slip. Blackpool Council to the south and Wyaborough Council to the north both of which are adjacent to file, didn't ask for a risk assessment, even though it's the same beach and you could easily cross the theoretical boundary between sections once you'd access the sand. And to complicate things still further, over on the other side of the Ribble Estuary, which is the southern boundary of Blackpool Council, you have Southport and Ainsdale, which fall under Sefton Council. 
Pontins at Ainsdale offers the only official public access to the Sefton beaches. Now, as I understand it, anyone and everyone has a right of access between the high and low watermarks, unless specified otherwise by, say, the MOD. But you try getting on at Ainsdale without coughing up some money. They even have a man kiosk there cleverly positioned on the beach access road, mainly to take money from holiday makers, but also instructed to charge boat anglers too. When I used to launch there years ago, we'd time our arrival to let before the attendant started work. You didn't need anything other than either an early start or the right money to launch and fish back in those days. But not any more. This is the home base for Southport Boat Angling Club, who, like the three file clubs, use tractors to negotiate what can be a huge and very dodgy expanse of soft sand. Again, RYA certification and insurance is a must. For visitors wanting to go it alone, applications when I inquired had to be made in writing stating who you were and exactly what your purpose on the beach would be, which obviously meant advanced planning. The big problem at Ainsdale is that it is, or at least it was, a premier blue flag bathing beach that was heavily zoned to accommodate everybody and the council were very keen not to upset or endanger other users, as had apparently been the case in the past by various types of permit holders. Just a little further to the south of Ainsdale lie Formby and Crosby, which mark the entrance to the River Mersey. Unfortunately, in the main because of the sea walls and docks, it's virtually impossible to launch on the Liverpool side of the river. You could, in theory at least, rent a berth in the marina next to Albert Dock, but then you'd have to factor in the lock gates and regimented timings. All small boat fishing in the Mersey starts at New Brighton, which has a concrete slip and reasonably compact beach to launch from, but not unless you first provide evidence of boat and car insurance, have an RYA powerboat certificate and buy an annual launching permit, which I suppose isn't that unreasonable. The big drawback here with Rural Council, unfortunately, is twofold. New Brighton Beach lies right at the exposed mouth of the Mersey, whereas over the winter months, the best of the fishing is all done well inside the river, sometimes several miles inside, where it rarely, if ever, gets too rough to fish. No problem for the charter boats, which are bigger than us anyway, because the marina looks right out onto some of the best and most sheltered fishing available. Small boat anglers, on the other hand, always start and finish at the most vulnerable point possible, on top of which you can't always get in at high water due to the sea walls. Yet all along the world side of the Mersey, right up into sheltered waters, are a number of slipways with excellent car parks, and all with barriers across. You could to an extent understand the resistance to angling if rural council were being asked to spend public money on providing facilities, but these facilities already exist, paid for years ago, and what's more, they're perfect. Not that that cuts any ice, even for local ratepayers. So that, in a nutshell, is a small boat launching situation up here in the northwest. It won't be exactly the same everywhere else, but much of it will be similar, with non-standardised requirements which most people won't be able to comply with turning up for the first time without prior knowledge. And to make matters worse, on top of that, what about the extortionate fees now charged for long-standing facilities which anglers had previously used for free, as more and more money-grabbing councils, the ones that don't deliberately try to stop your fishing that is, flagrantly discourage anglers in other ways by trying to rip them off. What I think is needed here is for small boat anglers to get themselves organised and well represented.
Currently, in 2014, talk of a national fishing licence is winding many sea anglers up. Another grumble perhaps for another time. Suffice to say that most feel the money this would generate would simply disappear into some government black hole. If it went back into policing and conservation, I'm certain there would be far less resistance. So it's with some reluctance that I believe there should be a national boat launching qualification which would act in a similar way to club membership by encompassing things like RYA boat handling, radio operator's licence and risk assessments. That way at least you could turn up at any slip without prior notification and know that providing your insurance details were in order, you wouldn't be turned away. How often do you hear it said that we need to do something and quickly to get TV and game station addicts off the backsides and outdoors following healthier pursuits? Well here's the big chance to finally do something about it. Meanwhile, we struggle on.